Hello, hello. Welcome to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell. Living by Faith helps you think about God's Word and apply it to your everyday life. We are all on a journey. We're all running the race set before us that God has planned for us. Some of us have only just begun our faith journey. If that's you, I'm so glad you are here. Others have been walking with the Lord for a very long time. Maybe you're even dry and you're you're asking the Lord, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. I have been walking with you for a long time, but I don't I don't sense your nearness. I don't know that you're here. I need that. Wherever you are, we all need help. And the Lord provides it through his word. He provides it through his spirit. He also helps us through other people. And I'm so excited about think through our journey, our walk with the Lord, and provide some help and encouragement for us as we're running this race. Ruth Jo Simons is a Wall Street Journal best-selling and award-winning author of several books and Bible studies, including Grace Laced, Fields of Joy, and the upcoming book Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. She is an artist, entrepreneur, podcaster, and speaker, using each of these platforms to spiritually sow the Word of God into people's hearts. Ruth shares her journey of God's grace intersecting daily life with word and art. Ruth and her husband, Troy, are grateful parents to six boys. Yes, six. And we're going to talk about that, And um, it, which is their greatest adventure. I am excited to have Ruth on the show because she's also a friend. She is a dear friend. She's the real deal. And guys, it's such a joy to be able to see someone who, who you know speaks and writes and you think, oh, they're on a platform, whatever. Listen, she is the real deal, living and walking out her faith um, with her family, with her local community and church and and other people that she is surrounded by. So I am I'm really excited to have Ruth on the show. Welcome, Ruth. Oh, my goodness. It's so good to be with you. Yes. And let's go ahead and just talk about your six boys, because you call them your bear cubs, which I think <laughs> is pretty precious. And um, so you go hiking and camping. And and yet when I I mean, I only know you as the not so camping <laughs> girly girl. So That's tell cool. me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your journey of raising six boys when you are so clearly a girly girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Troy, you're so kind with your introduction there. And I mean, I'm so glad that we get to do life behind the scenes to, together when we have opportunity. But the truth is, you know, so much of what the public sees is my paintings of butterflies and watercolor florals. And I spent a lot of time um, writing, you know, beautiful words strung together that I hope will serve, especially women, but serve the church. And But my behind-the-scenes life is so um, filled with uh, dirt and motor oil, <laughs> and um, I never expected to have six boys, of course. Um, that's the, the journey and the path that the Lord had marked out for me, and I did not expect it. I thought, oh, for sure, I'm going to have at least one girl in there that'll do tea parties with me and go shopping and want to decorate my house with me. 
But, you know, the amazing surprise has been that I've um, had an opportunity. My husband, Troy, and I have been married for 25 years. And for the majority of our marriage, we've been parents. And um, we really feel like it's been a joy to raise Renaissance men, men who do, you know, know how to have a tea party and cook and, um, you know, clean up and decorate home, the home and, and serve their family. And I, you know, I just feel like it's been such a joy, but it's not been easy the whole way, of course. Um, I think I, I find it funny, Trillia. Sometimes I post about the boys. Um, we are in our final few days before our 21-year-old goes to graduate wow. school many states away. So wow. my oldest is 21. My youngest is 10. Um, we still have a few years, but our family dynamic is totally changing. So for any of the mamas out there listening who are in a launching season, adult children going to college or grad school, I'm with you. I feel you. It's so tender um, because things are changing. But um, even as we're, whenever I post about it, sometimes people will message me and go, did your kids ever fight? And I just want to be like, yes, they're, they, they for sure used to fight and sometimes still do, but probably not so much now. So um, we, are, we are currently living days that are so fruitful as yeah. a result of many years of a lot of chaos and a lot of rearing and training up. But right now, it's a pretty sweet time where they oh. are grown and more mature. So it's really lovely. I love it. You know, uh, last week I had a conversation with Jamie Ivey about Mm -hmm. launching kids and how it's just such a weird time. And we are. We're enjoying this season of kids about to launch or launching, but it is hard. It's so hard to see your kids leave. But it's also (laughs) encouraging to see that you've sown these seeds and the Lord has has. Uh, made fruit, uh, build fruit, produce fruit. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. And and so it's yeah. it's it's such an encouragement. It's such an encouragement. So you write about how our walks with Christ can feel like an unsure road. And right now we're kind of talking about like part of that as we're looking at our kids and they're mm-hmm. going off. That's a one part of being having an unsure road. But what are a few ways you remind yourself you are not alone on your journey? And and why do you think it's important to know you're not alone? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times about the, you know, what is it that makes me feel like it's so complicated, so hard to walk with Jesus? Well, it's usually because I've got my eye on a destination that I think I need to be headed towards. Mm. So it's usually when I think, oh, I'm supposed to go there. Uh, I'm like, God, don't you know that that's where I need to be? And this is how I want to, this is the life I want to live. Um, Can you just help me along a little bit? And I treat him like he's somehow going to assist me versus being the leader himself. Right. Um, I think I sometimes say that I'm shocked at how often I treat, the Lord, like he's my assistant rather than Mm. um, the king and the master of my life. And so the most confusing or unsure parts of my journey are usually times when I'm focused so much on where I think I need to be or what I need to accomplish or the person that I think I need to be on my own strength rather than focusing on who he wants me to know, know, like himself, what he wants me to know of him as mm. I go. So I've really been thinking about how, um, how every circumstance, everything I go through 
everything any of us experience on our faith journeys is really meant to point us to the character of God, to know him more. And sometimes I'm so caught up in trying to get where I'm going or trying to accomplish what I want to accomplish that I miss the part where he's wooing me to himself. And so I've really um, been thinking a lot about how that's the part of the journey that I need to be constantly reminding myself, like, I'm supposed to be walking with him. I'm not alone because he goes with me. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And so mm. I, how, why do I keep thinking that I'm trying to figure this out on my own and somehow I can ask God for a little help when he is the actual leader and the author, the orchestrator of my entire life? Well, well, so why do you why do you think that's important? And I guess another question would be, why do you think you kind of mentioned one reason why you we might think of God as uh, as I think you said he we're, we only kind of check in on him as as when we want something. But why why do you think we we think we're alone and we don't run to him? <sighs> yeah. Well, I think the easiest reason to, to, to access it when we think about it is that we don't know who God really is. We don't know our Bibles. We don't know truly all that he is to us. I mean, I think it's easy for us to just, you know, hear a good praise song or go to church a few times and say, okay, God is, uh, he wants me to be good and kind and all these things. And we, we kind of, keep it really shallow and surface level and don't go deep enough to understand the character of God and the story from beginning to end, right? Sometimes we pick and choose and read our Bibles just for something that we can pull out and say, hey, this will help me today, help me on my journey. But we don't recognize the entire story of redemption is this entire love letter of how he expresses his entire the the entire redemption journey, the entire redemption story and how we fit and to being a part of it. So I think a lot of times it's a lack of Bible literacy. It's a lot of times it's us not knowing who God really is and then filling in with narratives in our own minds. I think sometimes it's um, us just in our own pride wanting to be the hero of our own lives and trying to orchestrate ourselves and, and try to accomplish everything in our own strength. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that often when I am not um, thinking about the Lord, I am I'm thinking about myself. I'm walking in my own strength or thinking I know what's better. Or I believe you alluded to this earlier, thinking I'm in control. (laughs) I'm not in control. I'm not in control. And so it's important for us to understand and appreciate God's character. And so for some people, they might not know what that is or, or what, what are the characteristics we should be thinking about? Can you help us understand not just the importance of understanding his characters, but what is God's character? Yeah. You know, God is not like us, but we get to image him just a little bit. And because of the fall and because of sin, we don't perfectly image him unless he completely, and until he perfectly restores us. But that tiny little bit where we can say, wow, like there's something transcendent about human interaction and the, the love we can show one another. That's all because of who God is. And I think a lot of times as believers, we can say, oh, God is love because we 
you know, most people interact with John 316 really early yeah. on and we say, God, we so love the world when we get that. But then we get really confused about all this other part, all these other parts of his character, for example, like that he um, is immutable, meaning like he will literally never change and he, yes, yes. you know, or that he cannot lie and that he is all, he, he is always good. He's always faithful, that he is merciful, that um, he is omniscient, that he knows all things, all the yeah. time. He knows everything and that he is omnipresent. He is always with us, um, omnipotent, that he is all powerful. I think those are some words that sometimes if we use the big word, we get a little tricked up and we go, oh my goodness, I, I'm not smart enough for this. Or we think, well, I don't know. I mean, if he's all powerful, why doesn't he just fix everything that's going wrong yeah. in my life? You know, so we just kind of think, how do these attributes of God, how do these ways interact together? And when we dig a little deeper, we find that he is exactly who he says he is and all these things work together. Amen. We are talking with Ruth Joe Simons when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and we are talking with Ruth Joe Simons. And here's the thing. The phone lines are open, and we are giving away copies of her book, Fields of Joy. Call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. Here's what I'd love to hear. Is there an aspect of God's character that you cling to and that keeps you walking with Jesus, we would love to hear from you. Do you, if if that's not something that you're thinking through God's character and how you're walking with Jesus, you can at, tell us, do you feel like you are on a journey alone and need some encouragement or prayer? Give us a call 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. We will give you a copy of Fields of Joy by Ruth Jo Simons. We'd also love to hear from you via email at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. All right. I have that same question for you, Ruth. Is there an aspect or, or of God's character that you cling to and that keeps you walking with Jesus? Yeah, you know, I think that omnipresence that, um, I mean, hmm. so many aspects of this character. And of course, um, in my new book, Pilgrim, I talk about 25 of these. And there's so many ways that we can understand um, him. And I only tap into 25. But when I wrote about omnipresence, I was thinking about how so often, um, you know, I even carry my phone with me at all times because I'm worried that um, I'll miss a call or I need my phone map app, right? To know where I'm going, Google Maps or whatever it is that we keep right with us. But think about how God's presence with us, that he promises to never leave us, that we will always have um, his presence with us, that I, I just, I don't think I go through my day um, in awe of that loving kindness enough. I don't, Mm. I'm not in awe enough of the fact that um, there's not one place I can go as we read in Psalm 139, right? There's nowhere I can go that leaves his presence. There's nowhere I can Mm. run to that he is not there. And I think um, that for somebody like me, that's real, um, for lack of a better way to put it, I'm such a hustler. Like I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm like trying to make the most of every moment and be efficient that sometimes 
God is drawing me to remember that um, I don't even I don't even go the next step without His presence leading me there. And I keep thinking that I'm running on my own and I'm trying to get there faster. When a lot of times, what I need to start with is to, you know, sit down first thing in the morning and recognize today is a day that I spend with Him, not mm. on my own and not running yeah. as fast as I can. Mm, that's so good. Mine is faithfulness, God's faithfulness. I it okay. just every time I think about my next step, <laughs> I I have mm-hmm. to remind myself that God is faithful. And and you know, I think part of why it's because I've I've suffered and I've always seen the faithfulness of God. He's yeah. always been yeah. faithful to me. And so that is I, I can I can see how those two things kind of coincide, especially when when we think about needing guidance. So here's a question for you. How do you, how do we discern his guidance? Because I I know Mm. we hear this question, what is the will of the Lord? Or how do I, how, how do I follow him? But, but how do we discern it? How do we discern his guidance in our everyday walk? Right. Wouldn't it be fun and easy if we just had some kind of a manual that flies down and tells us exactly what we're supposed to do specifically next day. You know, we always think, gosh, could you just tell me, Lord? But the Word of God tells us that the the will of God is that we be sanctified. And that's another one of those words that God does the work of sanctification, which means that He transforms us. He changes us to be more like Himself, to um, yeah. make us new. And so I write about that in the book as well. But here's the thing. Um, if that's His will, then everything we do, everything that comes our way in life is meant to transform us, to actually change us, to grow us. And so um, I, the, the number one thing we have to test when we are thinking through what the will of God is, is ultimately God's not going to tell us to go somewhere or do something that isn't mirrored by his character in the word of God. So if we're not in the word, we're not going to really know whether we can't really discern, like, is he really leading me to go do this? Or is he leading me to sacrifice these things and go do something else? Well, do we see examples of that in his word? Is that, does that mirror the character of God? Does that mirror the heart of God? I would start there, but also I think sometimes we live out our faith in isolation in our closets. And yes, we are called to pray and, and to be, to have an intimate relationship with the Lord ourselves, but community and being surrounded by and with other people who are trusted um, brothers and sisters in Christ that we can be accountable to that those people will also help us discern because they can speak back to us, whether we're kind of filling in with our own narratives and whether we're going off base with our understanding of what God desires from us. Yeah, so we've been talking about your newest book, Pilgrim, and I, I love the title, and I'd love for us to just talk about the title for a second. What, yeah, yeah what drew you to to name this book Pilgrim? Because it 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 makes a lot of sense to me, but for someone who maybe is walking in a bookstore or who's listening right now, what's the heart behind it? Right. Well. You know, when we think of the word pilgrim, we're talking about somebody who is journeying to potentially a sacred place or a holy place. And it really is somebody who's not home, somebody who is in the foreign land, somebody who is not real settled yet. And, um, you know, when I wrote this devotional, this particular book that's coming out September 12 is actually a full color devotional. So it's full of artwork 
but it's really meant to be read and savored slowly, day by day. And um, in this particular devotional, I wrote it at a time where I felt like, wow, my journey is really difficult right now, and I cannot see a way out of these circumstances that are not quite where I want them to be. And um, and I kept thinking and kept realizing, I, I keep focusing on how to get there and how to fix this problem mm. when God's really drawing me to focus on Him and that I'm actually, this is not home. This, or this world and this life, it's not that we don't invest and don't, you know, steward it well, but that when we think we can somehow find utter satisfaction, we, we will never find true satisfaction, you know, with the circumstances of this life. We will never be filled up fully, even if you get your dream job or your dream home or your kids are perfectly well-behaved, that will never truly satisfy. And so I was really wanting to call this and name this and uh, this devotional pilgrim because I wanted to remind us that we are on a journey and our true home is with Christ. It's not mm. going to be found in our circumstances here and now. Oh, amen to that. We have Janice on the line, and we'd love to hear from Janice. Coconut Creek, Florida. Thank you so much for the show. This is so wonderful. And mm. I just would recommend everybody get your book, number one. I wanted just to encourage the listeners that it is all about God and the way to experience that amazing moment-by-moment uh, joy in life and purpose and meaning, regardless of circumstances, is truly fixing our eyes and turning our eyes on Christ. Um, when I really realized God's love for me, you know, while I was a sinner, He died for me, mm-hmm. and this is not about me. So I, I heard a wonderful thing one time with your, whether you're peeling carrots or whether you're writing books or talking to millions of people, it all has eternal value when we're focused mm. on Christ. Mm. So I just think your show is so important. Thank you, ladies. Mm. Um, I do want to encourage everybody to get the book and just moment by moment recognize, yes, you're loved. Nothing will change that. Nothing you could ever do is going to make it less or more. God adores you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Janice. Well, stay on the line so we can get your address and we will be able to send you Ruth Joe Simon's book, Fields of Joy. And let me tell you, that does help me. Um, I love Romans 8 and how nothing will ever separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord, and clinging to that, that God is love. And and you mentioned that at the top of our show, Ruth, that we we when we think about the love of God, it does. It helps us. And Romans, um, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12 says that we need to set and fix our eyes on the author and perfecter mm-hmm. of our faith so that we can run this race of endurance. So everything she's saying is, is, is exactly right. So here's my question, because I've just spoken on Romans 8 and Hebrews 12. And it's scripture. How how can scripture serve as a guidepost along this journey? Yeah, you know, I think um, sometimes we we need to um, read our Bible from beginning to end because, like I said earlier, we won't know how God has been at work from from the beginning if we don't actually read the entire Bible. So, like, first of all, we do need to understand the full story of Scripture. But a lot of times what helps me on a practical day-by-day basis is that I need to recall the specific truths of God's Word to preach them to my heart. So my point Mm -hmm. is not that, 
oh, wow, we just pull some random verse and say, this is the only verse I'll cling to. But the truth is, if I remember, like you just quoted from Hebrews 12 or Romans 8, we remember those truths when we're tempted to tell ourselves lies about who God is or what we're supposed to be doing or how we should make it through the day, right? I, I sometimes, so for example, for me, a quick one on my mind is always Colossians one seventeen that he is before all things and in him, Christ, he yes. is um, in him, all things hold together. Well, for somebody like me who likes to control things and try to make sure everything's perfect, I often have to preach that to myself along my journey and say, hey, remember that he was here long before you, Ruth, and that he holds all things together, and he is the first. He is preeminent. He is the ruler of all. Don't think that it's all up to you, Ruth. It's not. And so this is how I ultimately remind myself in the same way that the psalmist does over and over again in, in many of the psalms that we read. It's that telling your soul what to do. Tell your soul, hey, don't be so downcast. Don't be so discouraged. Put your hope in God. Psalm 42, or remember not his, um, forget not his benefits is Psalm 103, like in, as yeah. the psalmist recounts one by one his benefits, right? And so I think when we approach God's word and both look at the entire story of the gospel and redemption throughout um, the narrative of the, of the scriptures and the, the declaration of what God has done, but also focus in on how the scriptures are so specific to even our needs. We may not realize how much the, the, the people in God's word knew exactly how it feels when we are disheartened or when we're discouraged or when we feel betrayed, when we are confused. And so go to the word and remember it, write it down and preach it back to yourself. Amen. I, that's one reason I love to study Hebrews 11, you see those who have walked by faith and how they endured to the end. More soon after this. You're listening to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell, and I have the absolute pleasure to be speaking with Ruth Jo Simons. She is an author. She is a speaker. She's a podcaster. She's a beautiful artist. And we are giving away some books, which we, of course is exciting. The phone lines are open and we are giving away copies of Fields of Joy by Ruth Jo Simons. You can call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. Here's what I'd love to hear. Is there an aspect of God's character that you cling to and that keeps you walking with Jesus? You can also drop us an email at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. Let us know where you're listening to. We'd love to hear it. Call us 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. And we're going to go to Charles, who's on the line from Chicago. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm just at work right now, and I thought that I would give you a call because this was just too good um, to not respond to. And oh, I just feel like so much in my life, like there's so much to be angry about. It's just so chaotic. But then I think about like God's mercy and his forgiveness and his kindness mm. um, that it's I just think about what he's done. But also just like every day when I mess up, and I see people mess up and um, act or say something in a way that really could 
bring something out of me that is not godly. Um, I think about God's kindness and his forgiveness and his mercy, that there's a different way that I could act because he acted in a different way towards us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Charles. You know, it's interesting. I was just, yes, I was just talking to my my dear daughter, who said to me that she wants to love people the way Jesus loved those who crucified him. Like, I want to cry thinking about that. That is her, that's her prayer. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that I just think, yes, we want to learn to love and forgive. What do you think about what Charles just said, Ruth? Oh, man, I am so grateful to hear that testimony because that's exactly yeah. it. And when we know that God is merciful, that we know he's kind and he's loving, when we know that that's who he is, then it, we realize like, wow, he has shown me so much mercy that I Absolutely. cannot, I cannot withhold that from somebody else. It doesn't yeah. mean that we let people walk all over us, right? It means that we choose to be Christ-like. We choose Mm. to extend forgiveness. We choose to extend mercy because God has been so merciful to us. That means it's not like anyone can really hurt or destroy us when we in our, in our utter beings has been, we've been restored and loved by a holy God who we didn't deserve in the first place. Amen. Charles, stay on the line. We would love to send you a copy of Ruth's book. And thank you for that really helpful comment that we all relate to. We all relate to that need for um, forgiveness, extending forgiveness, being forgiven, extending mercy, um, praying that people would be merciful to us because of what God has done for us. So thank you for that. The phone lines are open, and we are giving away copies of Fields of Joy by Ruth Jo Simons. Call us, 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. We are talking about aspects of God's character. And so I'd love to hear from you about what you cling to and what keeps you walking this journey that we're all on. We're all pilgrims on a journey walking this faith, walking our, 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 this gift. It's a gift of faith that we are walking this journey. And um, you can also email us at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. So here's my question for you, and not just a question. I, I absolutely love hymns. I love hymns. And you've used hymns in each chapter of your book. How did you select yeah. the hymns to use? I just, I love hymns and it's it's just a part of my testimony. But how did you select which hymns to use and what role do you think hymns play in the life of a believer? Well, I have, my, my one goal when I started this full color devotional, and I feel like it was a little bit of a lofty goal, but my goal was that I wanted to cause a reader to, be so in awe of who God is and be like to fall in love with him all over again, but then to have lyrics and reminders of beloved old hymns ringing in their ears so that they would remember those attributes and those aspects of who God is. And so I decided first what I wanted to write about, what 25 aspects and 25 of God's ways that I wanted to write about. And then I looked for the hymns that illustrated those attributes. And so um, there's a, a, there's a um, classic hymn that is 
paired up with each one. Um, fun, fun fact, we actually chose one that was not a classic hymn. Um, in Christ Alone is by the Gettys and Stuart Townend, yeah. and um, that is included with permission, of course, um, as well. Yeah. And then um, He Will Hold Me Fast is a new rendition of old lyrics. And um, super, super grateful to be able to um, even introduce maybe a younger generation that's not super familiar with hymns um, right. with with how important some of these lyrics are. Here, Here's where, where I fell in love with hymns. When I was in eighth grade, I was a church accompanist. I was um, a very young believer. My parents had um, had a very nominal relationship with Christ and actually gave their life to Christ when I was in eighth grade. They, they thought they were believers. I really don't think they actually walked with him until that year for our family. And um, I started accompanying at church. And um, I remember stumbling through playing these chords and trying to lead this church in our house play the instrumental for this. But as I was staying through so many practices and um, leading through piano um, accompanying, I started memorizing these lyrics. And then when I got older, I mean, that's eighth grade, I was 13. But mm. later on, as I really, truly began my faith journey with Christ alone and as I was truly walking with him and wrestling through the different ups and downs of my life in my 20s, um, you know, those lyrics came back and I started remembering um, Rock of Ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee and recognizing that I need the cleft of like I need a place, a hiding place. I need salvation to to. Um, I need the blood of Christ to secure a place for me to not be unsheltered, but to be sheltered by Christ. And so things that you know, I'm such a visual person as an artist um, that the words in the lyrics and hymns also illustrate for me truths from God's word that sometimes yeah. help me see it more clearly. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I believe we should do in when we're in worship and singing is to really think about the words. And the Lord was mm-hmm. very kind to me. Um, when I was 22, I, I came to a church. Someone had shared the gospel with me. They invited me to the church. I came to the church and they sang Rock of Ages. And I remember there was a line that said, wash me savior or I'll die. And I knew at that moment yeah. I needed Jesus at that moment. And he saved me. I became a Christian at the age of 22, um, listening to wow. uh, someone had shared the, yes, it was remarkable. And I, I've never forgot it. As a matter of fact, um, besides your beautiful artwork that's on my wall in my office, there is a scroll with the lyrics on there as a reminder mm-hmm. of what the Lord did for me in my heart. And so there's hymns are so rich. They're so rich. We, we don't want to take that for granted. And, and we need to, next time you're in worship, um, dear listeners, I, I want you to look at the words, read them and, and think about what they mean. That will fuel your worship and delight and joy in the Lord or your laments or your prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just think that is so important. And I love that you had the idea to include hymns. I love that, Ruth. I think it's so wise and so good. 
When we come back, we are going to continue to talk about hymns. We're going to talk about art and beauty because we haven't even talked about that. Ruth, she is an artist. So we have so much more when we return. We'll be back. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. We are speaking with Ruth Jo Simons, and we're talking about God's character, our journey in the faith, hymns, and how God has used hymns in our lives and in our worship to remind us of God's character. And we want to, we have opened up the lines, and I want to talk with Becca from Chicago. Becca, you have some words to of encouragement, it sounds like, for Ruth, or at least her approach. Tell us. Yes. Um, thank you, Trillia, and thank you, Ruth. Um, I so appreciate your connection between hymns and um, being a visual person. I'm actually an artist as well. I do a lot of spiritual art journaling just on canvases, just for myself. Mm. Um, and uh, hymns are a main that they're what I go to um, in my head, in my heart, um, you know, old school, I'm not so young. Um, and I really, really appreciate it. And Ruth, I have not heard of your books before. I'm so excited um, to uh, explore them. And just, um, I'm also, I'm, I'm uh, rereading Hindsight on High Places. I'm doing Pilgrim's mm. Progress right now. So it just really fits. Um where I'm, I'm just excited about um, this. And uh, one of the hymns that I go to all the time is "This World Is Not My Home." I'm just passing through. Uh, yeah. I guess it's not a hymn. It's but it's an oldie. And uh, I think that sometimes I focus on that, on the prize, and which is good. But uh, we're here for the journey as well, and um, there's a purpose why God didn't just bring us all to Him immediately. And so I, I need reminders of that. Um, so I appreciate. Amen. Thank you, Becca. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how art and journaling and the craft even of writing can help us, um, understand God and, and, and remind us of his character. So I want you to tell us about the artwork in Pilgrims. You created stunning artwork throughout the book, and this isn't the first time one of your books features original artwork. This is really a process that you do in most of your books. So what is the process of creating this art, and what's the purpose? Why do it? Yeah, well, you know, um, just like Becca was saying, I think we all are wired with some way that we want to creatively express because God is a creative God and he made us with um, a desire to reflect that creativity. And it could be in whatever medium that God's made you kind of creative. And for me, I started off just always being somebody who loved to draw and paint, but I never really thought that I could use it in any specific way to honor the Lord or to um, be a part of encouraging the body of Christ. And um, I put it aside for many, many years in my, you know, academic studies or any of those things. I wasn't even pursuing it. But um, further on, after I had been blogging and writing for a while, I really started seeing the connection where 
sometimes as I was meditating on a word of God, um, just like Becca was sharing earlier, you know, I might meditate on something and then paint and write or and paint and sketch and create something that ultimately comes alongside of how I was um, meditating and thinking on and spending a little bit more time lingering on God's word or thinking mm-hmm. on him. Um, and so I don't think that any of my art ever is meant to be didactic, meaning like the art itself is not teaching us anything. It's not sure. It's sure. not going to tell you how to get to the Lord. It's not going to um, adequately express who God is. However, I think of my artwork kind of like the platter on which I serve up the main meal. You know, I think, hey, can I make this platter a little bit lovelier? Can I make this platter a silver platter so that you're like, wow, I, I can't wait to partake of this. I want to sit down to this meal and um, the silverware is pretty, the place is pretty. And I just kind of want to pull up a chair and sit a while. And I think of my artwork as being somewhat hospitable as trying to bring you in and cause you to linger in the pages of my books a little bit longer. And so um, I love when I get to do a full color book, Um, usually Mm. it's in watercolor or some gouache, which um, is a cross between, you know, an opaque acrylic and a very watery watercolor. And, um, and so my newest book that's coming out, Pilgrim, has both, um, but it has primarily a lot of landscapes, actually, which I don't always do, landscapes and botanicals. But the landscapes are meant to kind of mirror again and again the different terrain and the different parts of um, journeying and um, trying to reflect on how it feels when we're at the ocean's edge or on a cliff or um, in the woods. And there's different um, aspects of landscape in that book. But most of the time, I really paint and draw to reflect God's creation. So um, Mm. while I am interested in painting lots of things, but specifically for my book, my books, I try to paint primarily things in nature that have carry some feeling or symbolism. Sometimes flowers are symbolic. Sometimes um, it captures um, our thoughts when we see birds flying in the air. You know, those, those are some ways in which I try to come alongside the words that I write with some imagery that helps us linger a little bit longer. Well, I, I love it. I love the art. And as I mentioned earlier that I have your artwork um, from Grace Laced all over my home. <laughs> and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And there's something about beauty that reminds us mm-hmm. of our beautiful Savior. And, yes, for sure. you know, it just draws us. It's a beautiful, it's a good reminder. And it reminds us that, that we reflect him, that we, this, this Imago Dei, the image of God, that we are created in his image and that we can reflect him. So when I see your artwork, I could, I can't draw stick figures straight. I am terribly unartistic in that regard. But I think, wow, Lord, you've given gifts. You give good gifts and gifts that help us to light and and think of you. And so when I see your artwork in my home or in your books, I think, God, you've given uh, Ruth a really good gift. And she reflects you as the creator who's created this universe. And you... You, Lord, draw these pictures and these beautiful landscapes. We get to see it every day, and it's reflected in him. So I just want to honor God and thank him for the way he's created you to to help us and to encourage us with this beautiful artwork. So I have a question. 
Yes, yes, it is. It is. I, I'm not joking. Thank or, you. That's super yeah. <laughs> encouraging, Julia. Thank Good. you for that. Yeah. So do you have any tips for our listeners that can help them grow in their understanding of God's character and deepen their relationship with him? So one of the goals of yeah. in that, uh, prayers for living by faith is that we can help people walk in their everyday life. So, so how can they yeah. grow in their understanding? Yes. Well, I think we have to realize that it's not a one and done, that walking with Jesus is day by day and daily rhythms really make a difference. So a couple of daily rhythms that are a part of my life would be that I love some to have some part of my day um, where I am spending some time in an audio version of the scripture so that as I'm doing the dishes or as I'm um, driving the car, I'm listening to God's word because sometimes I need to hear it. Sometimes I need to read it because when I sit down to read God's word, a lot of times I'm pulling out my pen and my um, journal and I'm doing a little bit deeper of a study and that's needed too. But I realize that a lot of times I'm reminded of his presence, like we were talking about earlier, when I actually listen to the word of God um, go with me as I'm going on a walk. And then the walk really is a secondary, a, a second part of my rhythm where I feel like, um, on a practical level for anyone who's going, gosh, I feel like I haven't really felt that God is near lately. Um, I would encourage you to get outside and to put your phone down. I think that's just a super practical, mm. it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound real spiritual to, to throw out that tip, but I would just say a lot of times we don't realize how much we've been keeping our eyes on our phones, our heads down on our laptops, focused on the inbox or the bills that we have to pay or troubleshooting this, that, and the other, or just working a lot. And while the truth is we, we're not going to go on a walk, see a sunset and be like, I know fully the character of God. No, you're never going to know that unless you go to yeah. God's word and you study it. But the truth is truly really we're missing out if day by day a sunrise and a sunset passes us by and we're just head down looking at our phones and focused on what other people are doing or what, how we could get further ahead in our work. Um, I would really encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ to walk every day, just short walk, go outside, catch a sunrise, catch a sunset. I often like to say, and I remind my kids, that uh, we had nothing to do with that. When a sunrise comes up, that pink and that glow, we did not call the day into order. God did. Amen. I'd like to thank my guest, Ruth Joe Simons, for joining me today. Also, thanks to the behind-the-scenes team at Moody Radio, Gabby Turku, producing today, sitting in for my producer, Karen Hendren. Thanks to my engineer, Courtney Young, and Lynn on the phones. Tune in next week when I'll speak with Scarlett Hitzabottle about anxiety and conquering the fear of the unknown. To hear today's prog program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Living by Faith. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.